Hello VO, episode number eight. Welcome to the Hello VO podcast. Plain and simple basics to get you started in the voiceover industry with masterclass instructor and voiceover actor, Lisa Foster. Welcome. Hello. Good to have you. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to Hello VO. I am Lisa Foster, and I have been lucky enough to have done a lot of things in the voiceover industry, namely being a voiceover talent in front of the mic. I love, love, love doing voiceovers. I'm very lucky. But I also do things behind the mic. So I am a session director. I am an audio engineer. I'm a script writer. I am also a teacher and a coach. And so today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about coaching. And if you are coming into this industry, you know, you've heard me say it before. I'll say it again, and I'll probably say it a million more times. (laughs) The importance of getting coached, of getting trained. You cannot stumble into this industry, or any industry for that matter, and not know what you're doing. It really matters that you have a good sense of how to do voiceovers. Voiceovers is not reading. And when I say not reading, I mean, it's just not reading aloud. And and again, I'm not talking about audiobooks. Audiobooks are read aloud, but they're performed. Reading aloud, what I mean by that is reading one word at a time off the page over and over in the same tone and just saying the words. That's not a voiceover. We have a very cool job in that somebody writes the script and they hand it to us, and then we are tasked with bringing the message to life, influencing, persuading, informing, entertaining. All these things go into becoming a voiceover talent and being able to play in the sandbox with the professionals. The thing that's fun about this business or interesting or maybe different than other businesses is that you will rarely, if ever, be asked for a resume because most people, most voice seekers aren't as interested in what you've done as they are in what you can do. I think that's that levels the playing field. So go get coached so you know what to do and you can be a player among the professionals who are doing it and sound like a professional. You also don't need lots and lots and lots of coaching. And you also don't need to jump through hoops and be who you're not. You just have to be able to sound believable and be able to deliver the content in a meaningful way. Now, there are different types of coaching for different types of voiceovers. For instance, if you want to get into animation and you want to get into character voicing, you're definitely going to want to find a coach who specializes in that. And the reason is that coach is going to help you develop your range of voices. They've got to be unique, by the way. And a good character voice coach will help you develop 12 to 15 different voices for your demo reel. You've got to have a variety, a whole stable of voices. So if that is something that interests you, make sure you're working with a good coach who specializes in animation voices or character voices. 
Same thing with audiobooks. Audiobooks and storytelling narration is a different style of voiceover that requires a different discipline. So find a voiceover coach that helps you develop good audiobook storytelling narration skills. That's important. The general voiceover industry for commercials and general narrations, a good general narration or slash commercial coach works very well for that because a lot of these techniques carry over easily between commercials and general narrations. Now, the point of this episode is not really to talk about your coaching. It's really to talk about coaches and what I want you to expect when you get coached. And I guess I'll just start off by saying that voice voiceover coaches are not perfect. You know, I have made a number of mistakes. I have missed the mark with students many times. And I didn't say things or coach them the right way. And that is on me. That's on me. And we're all human. We're all vulnerable. And we all have our shortcomings. So I just want you to know that it, it might not always feel perfect, but what you can expect from a coach, what you should expect from a coach is somebody who is part cheerleader, <laughs> part therapist, part authoritarian, part drill sergeant, and and part friend. And that's how you really have a safe place to develop. I know the word safe place, people hate that, but it's really important that you come into this understanding that you have to have a safe area to explore your voice. And it might not always feel comfortable. And I'll tell you that for me, the best coaches that I have had have made me feel a little uncomfortable (laughs) from time to time. And it kind of turned me off at first. And then I realized, oh, wait a second, they're trying to get me to stretch and grow. And I know for me, You know, as I said, I've made some mistakes as a coach and a teacher, and I think probably my biggest mistake has been not reading the room well, meaning not completely understanding my students' abilities, uh, strengths, and limitations, and pacing it out for them to master things at their pace. I tend to get a little impatient sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, I have some some situations where I've not always always done well. I think about them often. I had um, I had a voiceover class that I taught. This was years ago, years and years ago. But this stays with me because I did not do well on this. I did not do well, and I had a a, a gal and her mother. In the class, this was a group class, by the way. And, and before I get to this story, I, I I think starting out with a group class, one group class to get a feel for what the voiceover industry is about is important. But when you get to the nitty gritty of getting your own voice developed, make sure you're working with a coach one on one. So this this class was an introduction to the voiceover industry, and I'd had one of those weeks, and I'm not trying to use any of this as an excuse. But I just had one of those weeks, and I came into the class with a bad attitude. <laughs> Don't ever try not to do that because that just doesn't work, as I soon found out. I came to the class I was supposed to teach, a class that I was supposed to inspire people and inform them, entertain them, and teach them. And I came in with a bad attitude. 
Yeah, that was just one of those days on top of one of those weeks. And I came in to the class and this beautiful, beautiful girl was there with her mother. And this beautiful child was autistic. And she was so eager. She was so excited and so eager. And, you know, my initial reaction was, oh boy, yeah, this is probably not going to work for her. And I wasn't wrong, and I'll tell you why. I wasn't wrong in my assessment, but I was wrong in how I delivered the news. I was wrong in my attitude. I was wrong in how I was teaching her. I was wrong in how I was coaching her. And I really, that weighs on me to this day, the fact that I could have handled coaching this, this beautiful child better than I did, even knowing that this was probably an industry that she would not be successful in. But I remember working with the group and giving everybody an assessment of their voice. And I, I do this privately. I would, everybody gets a script to read, we record, and then I would pri- I privately email them to tell them what I think of their voice, their voice quality. If they have any speech impediments or, or regionalisms or accents or learning disabilities or anything that might hold them back in this industry. And I told them that I would be very honest. I, I explained that in class. I'll be very honest with you. I think you're owed that. And I still believe that to this day. If any of you listening to this podcast have signed up for a voice evaluation with me. And if you've had one, you know that I'm I'm extremely honest about this. And and it must be that way, simply because you need to know whether or not this is something you can do. I will never encourage anybody to do this business or this work if I don't think they've got something they can build on. So she had uh, she had trouble reading and keeping up with the group, of course. Her attention wasn't focused on the script. There were a lot of things going on. And but she she did she tried, you know, and I think that's the thing I missed about my assessment of her voice. I forgot to tell her that she did a great job trying. And so I sent the email to the mother later that night and I was I'm usually pretty pretty straightforward. I'm very gentle about it, that I just didn't think this was the right time. Didn't say it wasn't ever right, but this is probably not the right time to move forward. There were some things that needed to be addressed. One of the things was, again, being able to take direction well. And I'll tell you this right now. This is good for you to know coming into this. If you are in this business, you're going to work with a lot of different directors. And there are going to be some of them (laughs) who aren't very patient. And the time is money, and they need to be able to direct you through the nuances of the script. This is a fun industry, and there's a lot of wonderful creative collaboration that goes on, but it is a job, and people expect you to be Johnny on the spot, able to pick it up quickly, listen exactly what they're asking you to do, so that you guys can move through the project and get it done, get it in the can, get it into post-production. And I just knew that while her voice quality wasn't bad, Her ability to focus, pay attention to the script, do a smooth read, the eye-brain-mouth coordination just wasn't there, and I just knew this wasn't a good industry for her. And it's unfortunate because, you know, her mother had told me that this was her dream. Yeah, this was, 
this was not the mother's dream. This is this the sweet girl. This was her dream to do voiceovers. And I wish that I had caught her after class. It was a big class. I had quite a few people in there and a lot of people were talking to me and I wasn't able to catch her afterwards and tell her, you know, I just want you to know you tried really well. You did a great job. I really love the energy that you brought to this. Good work. And, and given her some sort of encouragement. And I didn't. And, you know, that weighs on me. And her mother, rightfully so, wrote me a very angry letter a very angry email the next day. And I immediately got defensive. And I, I'm glad that I didn't write right back to her to defend my position because that, that wasn't the point of it. The point was that I could have handled it better than I did. And ugh, yeah, it weighs on me. And I, I vowed to do better. And when I come across people who are very excited about this but clearly cannot do it, I am making sure that I find something good, something good to encourage them on. But I don't want to give them false hope. <laughs> and so that's a, that's a tough tightrope to straddle or to walk on. I guess you wouldn't want to straddle a tightrope, but that's a tough one to walk on. And I could have done better and I will do better. I also uh, had a student who produced his own demo. And if you listened to my previous episode about demos and what you need to look for in professional demos, you know that I do not recommend trying to cobble together a demo on your own. There is a real art to creating a demo that exploits your voice well, showcases your, your niche, your money voice, your ability, your persona, your style, your skill. It's a real art. And that's why you want to work with a professional voiceover demo producer to make sure that that happens. Great demos will open doors for you. In fact, good demos, as you know, I've said this, open the door and they make it much easier for you to market your voice. Again, back to the resume thing. Most companies don't want to see a resume. They don't care what you've done. They want to hear what you can do. But I do get the occasional student who will come into my introductory class and they'll say, yeah, you know, I've been trying to, to get going on voiceovers and, and I put together a demo and I just stop right there and I'm all judgy. <laughs> I'm all judgy thinking, thinking to myself, well, come on. I mean, really, how good can it be? Put it together yourself. And, and to be honest with you, most amateur demos are absolute train wrecks because most people do not know, are not proficient in all the elements that you need to put together a professional demo. There are a lot of pieces to a lot of moving parts to good demos. But I'm always willing to listen to a demo that a student has, and I will always review it, get on the phone with them for free, free consult, and go over it with them. And I can tell you in all the years I've been doing this, I've been doing this for well over a decade, out of all the amateur demos I've heard over the years, and I've heard a lot, that there's probably been, I'd say two or three that were actually good. I, I was very surprised, very surprised. But two or three out of a hundred or more, yeah, not a good percentage. So again, for the most part, amateur demos 
are just not going to cut it. And as you've heard me say, casting directors know in the first 10 to 20 seconds whether you're a professional or an amateur. They can tell from your demo. So it's a risky move. But I am willing to listen to demos just to give people some feedback on on it and what they need to correct or have a demo producer correct for them. So I recently had a student, and this was just last week, and this is why I'm doing this episode. We did a voice evaluation. Gorgeous voice. Oh, my gosh. This guy's voice was one of those voices that just makes you sit right up and take notice. It was extremely commanding. Very nice voice. The quality was beautiful. But he put together this demo that was just horrible. I'm sorry. It was awful. It was awful. First of all, there was no music. It wasn't even fully produced. And as you know, demos have to be fully produced with licensed music. It didn't even have any music on it. But that was the least of the things that were wrong with it. The The biggest problem was that the second piece that he had on this demo was a child abuse, sexual abuse narration that was very disturbing. It was very dark. It was difficult to listen to. Now, I get it. There are stories like this out there and and I don't know, documentaries or movies or whatever it is where these things are voiced. I get it. But that kind of content on a demo does not <laughs> really make people feel good. And I stopped it. First of all, it was making me feel uncomfortable. And, you know, I had a pretty difficult childhood. And so it's it's tough for me to hear stories around child abuse, sexual abuse. Anyway, so I I shut it off because it was just, I couldn't listen to it anymore. And I said, you know, this is probably something that you want to reconsider. <laughs> this dark material, heavy material, difficult material does not belong on your demo. And he he said, well, why? And I thought it was obvious, but I said, because you want to present your demo in a way that makes people feel good. Now, I understand what you're doing here. I, I understand that you wanted to get something dramatic on your demo, but there's a different way to do that. You can do something that's a little bit different in terms of drama and something that is bold and, and dramatic, reverent, that sort of stuff, but not difficult, sensitive material. First of all, you, you know, I, I kept explaining to him, first of all, you know, you don't know the sensibilities or, or, or sensitivities, rather, of the people who are listening to this. I said, I, for one, this is very uncomfortable for me, given my past. So if I were a casting director, that would just turn me off immediately. And, and unfortunately, it has nothing to do with your voice. It was just how your demo made me feel, icky. And he kind of shot back with, well, so how am I supposed to know what the emotions are of the people listening to it? or their past. And I said, well, that's my point. Exactly. <laughs> that's my point. You don't. So don't risk it. And I could see we were starting to get into a tug of war here. And I said, and I, I said, look, I said, you can do what you want. And that was my mistake. I shouldn't have said it like that because I, I didn't want him to feel like I was dismissing him. Ugh, again, that again is on me. I just, I didn't coach him well. I did not advise him well. Uh, simply because I, I was feeling uncomfortable about, about that narration. So my I was in a bad space there. 
But I did say you can do what you want, but I can tell you that this demo will probably not get you work. And <laughs> he hung up on me. I didn't I didn't know he hung up on me at the time. I thought we just got disconnected. But I tried calling him right. I tried calling him back and he didn't answer. It went to voicemail. And I thought, well, maybe something's wrong with his phone. So then I emailed him and then I texted him and I never heard back. And I realized, oh, he hung up on me. And it was, you know, it was, again, a situation I could have handled better. I could have guided him more and and helped him and said things differently. Because the sad part is he has a fantastic voice. And I, I don't know that I got around to that part. And so maybe the lesson for me there was you know, when I'm coaching or teaching somebody is lead off with the good, (laughs) lead off with the good. I still pride myself on being very honest. I can tend to be very blunt sometimes. And again, it's about reading the room. Some people can take it. Some people even ask me, hey, when you're coaching me, I want you to just give it to me right between the eyes. I can take it. And that's great. I mean, that's great. They, I, I work well with that. But some people don't. Some people need to have their hand held. They need to be nurtured a little bit more. They need to be eased into an idea or a thought. And um, that's something I work on a lot as a coach and a teacher. Every student has different needs. I realize that they have different strengths. They have different weaknesses. And it's, it's not always going to be perfect, But I just want to share with you that it might not always be perfect, but go with it. Allow for that and allow for your shortcomings too as a student. Maybe places, sometimes situations, you don't want to hear something. You know, sometimes some people want to hear, some, some people don't take criticism well. They don't take guidance well. It's hard. Sometimes for me, it's hard. I want to be perfect. I want to be good. And I want to please my coach. But that's not how I grow. So it's important to get a grip on how to grow and move forward. And coaches, we make mistakes too. We miss the mark sometimes. But know that our intentions are good. And know that your intentions and your willingness to be coached and to show your flaws and to show up, that's the most important thing. And you guys, you and your coach can work together and create something that'll be fun. It might be a little difficult, a little rocky, but that's okay. And just keep this in mind as you go through your coaching and you go through your voiceover training. Progress, not perfection, from yourself or your coach. All right, we'll talk again. Stay safe. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode of Hello VO, I'd love to talk to you. So take advantage of booking a short one-on-one consultation call with me. I'll evaluate your voice and give you some guidance on voiceovers. So head to lisafoster.com and click the voice evaluations tab. It's free. I'll send you a link to grab a spot on my calendar so we can talk about talking.